So we just finished up our four-week discussion. We did small groups last week, so four weeks. Uh, of why Jesus is God. Everybody remember that? Were we here for that? Um, so we're in this series that's going to take us to um, the end of the year, actually, because of different. we have parties. Next month we have our uh, Halloween party, our costume party, which um, I'm going to let little cat out the bag. Danielle is planning on theming it uh, superheroes. Uh, so you don't have to dress up as a superhero, but uh, there's going to be a lot of superheroes around. So uh, that's that. And then uh, in November we have the Friendsgiving party we always do, and we have our Christmas party. All that's coming up like crazy. And we'll have a little baby at all three of those parties. And it's going to be crazy. So maybe we could dress him up as uh, Jack-Jack from The Incredibles or something like that. We'll see. Or do like Star Wars and have him be like R2-D2 or something. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Yo, can we do Baby Yoda? And I, oh, come on. I could be the Mandalorian and you, and you could be uh, uh, that one girl. Anyways. Um, I don't remember her name. I'm terrible with names. Um, you know the one that like shoots people and stuff? Um, okay, anyways, whatever. That would be cute, though, so let's do that. Uh, why, what, what was I talking about? I don't know. I, 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 was, I was starting my message, wasn't I? I was going to talk about Jesus. Uh, anyways, so, so this series is going to take us to the end of the year because of all those parties. It kind of breaks up the time. And, uh, and if you remember, we're doing three more small group times and all that kind of stuff. So, anywho... So last month we talked about how Jesus is God, how that's super duper important for us to know, for us to believe to be true, and for us to defend uh, in certain ways, um, as lots of other people don't think that to be true, okay? And so raise your hand if you're with me that Jesus is God. Let's start there. Are we good? Is Jesus, okay, sweet. All right, all right. If you're not there, it's okay. Um, you will get there because he is. So it's like, you can't deny it, you know what I mean? Like, if I said I'm on stage, you're like, no, you're not. Eventually, you got to say I am because I am, okay? Um, Ayo. So now, um, I want to discuss. So now that we've got that nailed down, that Jesus was fully God, not even half God, not like, not like Hercules where he's like half God, half man. He's fully God. Now I want to nail down the next portion where Jesus was also fully human. So Jesus was a human. Look at that. Jesus was a human, fully human. He was fully God and fully man. That font makes the H look like an N, but whatever. Uh, bear with me, okay? He's Newman. Uh, Jesus is fully Newman, okay? And <laughs> wow, this is going downhill quick. Okay, okay, listen. Why is this so important, though? You're like, Brett, why is this important to talk about how Jesus was a human, how he was a man, I get it, like, whatever. Uh, but we're going to talk about this particular reason more uh, next month, and in a, I'm going to do a whole message on this, but there's this idea of substitutionary atonement. Everyone's like, <laughs> all right, say that with me. Substitutionary atonement. 
<laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn I'm gonna learn you something new today, okay? If, if you, for all of you that zoned out in class, you're gonna learn something today. So, atonement means like a reparation for a wrong or an injury, meaning like to make things right. Okay, so atonement means to make things right or to settle something. Uh, substitutionary means that. Jesus did it for us. Does that make sense? So someone took our place in the task of atonement. So substitutionary atonement, the reason that Jesus being human is so important is because that Jesus taking our place and righting our wrongs could not happen if he was not human. Does that make sense? Jesus can't take my place on a cross if he's not human. If he was just God... It wouldn't hurt him to be on the cross. It wouldn't, have to, it wouldn't be any sacrifice for him to do that. Does that make sense, everybody? So we're going to take the next three weeks to talk about how Jesus was a human and why that is important. This week, though, we're going to talk about the idea of incarnation. What in incarnation? Uh, just kidding. What in tarnation? I'm, I'm throwing big words out. I just, I, this is the most unyouthy thing to do. <laughs> Youth pastors around the world are yelling at me because I just said substitutionary atonement and incarnation within like a 30-second spin. So I'm going to teach you another thing. So incarnation, everybody say incarnation. Not what in tarnation, but incarnation. It comes from the Latin word caro, meaning flesh. Okay? So incarnation meaning flesh. So incarnation refers to God becoming flesh, or the Word became flesh. So turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, turn in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 1. It's one of the Gospels. So if you go to the New Testament, it's right there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we're going we're gonna to read John, chapter 1, Verse 1 through 5, right at the beginning. So as long as you get to John, we're ready to go. Give me an uh-huh if you're ready. All right. Verse 1, here we go. In the beginning was the... Ooh, that's good. All right, say that louder. In the beginning was the... And the... Was with God. And the... Was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. So we talked about this a few weeks ago because we notice that the word is capitalized. In the beginning was the word. So it's capitalized. We're talking about somebody. Who are we talking about? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, skip ahead. Same chapter, but just scroll down if you're on your phones or if you got your Bible, turn to the next page. Verse 14. So who are we talking about? And the Word, capital W, right, became flesh and dwelt among us. Am among us. Dude, I should have named this <laughs> message Among Us. No, I'm just kidding. Bro, who's the imposter? Judas. Okay, so, and the Word... Became flesh. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said, Judas sus, man. Judas sus. 
Okay. All right. All right. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. I just became that youth pastor. Ben, do not tell Renee about tonight. All right. Don't tell him about this. Um. Anyway, what? Okay. I gotta fill you in. One of my friends, Renee, uh, he sends these like jokes about me being like a typical youth pastor all the time about saying weird things like bringing Among Us into. Uh, like my messages or like Fortnite or whatever, and uh, what's what's Drake's new album called? Certified Lover Boy, and he and he was like, Renee was like, bro, are you gonna name your next message Certified Lover of Jesus or what's going on? I said, no, I'm not. So, anyways, uh, I that was on accident, okay? But anyways, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and uh, we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So verse 14 right there tells us who the word is. So the word was with God, the word was God. Who's the word? The word is? Okay, good. (laughs) More specifically, the word is? Jesus. All right, all right, all right. Let's try that again. Nice and loud. The word is? Jesus. Jesus. All right. We're learning something today in Echo Youth. We're excited about it. So the process of that verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that, that's just going to be funny, but that is incarnation. Does that make sense, everybody? The word became flesh. God humbled himself, laying aside his godliness in a moment to become flesh, to become human, to become a baby, the most humble thing you could possibly be. And so Jesus was fully God and fully man, but lived his life just like we would, without all the sinning and stuff, (laughs) because he's perfect. So Jesus was with God and was God from the very beginning. So Jesus is Yahweh, who is God, the Father, in human form. Jesus was sent to earth to live a life fully God, fully human, and to live that life perfectly. Then, to die on the cross, carrying the weight of all of our sins, so that we may claim his righteousness as our own. Imagine doing everything wrong in your life, and at the end, you get to say, no, I'm this person. And it's okay to do that. Isn't that crazy? Think about this. So, 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 Simon. You cheated on a test at school, right? Right? And, and you, um, and, and so your teacher is like, Simon, uh, look at this test. You cheated on it. And you say, oh, snap. And someone comes up to you and says, oh, no, that, that was my paper. This is Simon's. And, and then the teacher says, oh, well, Simon, you got 100%. You're like, what? And then the other kid uh, gets expelled out of school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Gets kicked out and beaten and put on a cross in front of all the other students. And no, I'm just kidding. So, no, no, no. But the reason, the, listen, 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 listen. The reason I'm saying this is because that, everyone's like, well, that escalated so quickly. But the reason I, the reason I said this is because that's the, that's the story of Jesus. We turned in the paper that had all the mistakes on it. 
had all the wrong stuff on it. We, we cheated. We lied. We, we, who's ever cheated? Who's ever lied? Who's ever done something bad? Raise your hand. Okay, so we turn that in, and, and at the end, when we're supposed to get reprimanded for our mistakes, Jesus comes in and says, no, 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 that, that's on me. This is, this is what you should know this person by. And so Jesus did all this so that we could be known by his righteousness and not our own. Amen? Pretty wild. Pretty wild. So let's, let's have some fun today. I don't want to like, we're, we're going to have some real application, but I want to have some fun. Can we have some fun? So, so what do you think life was like for Jesus? Like, like Jesus was born as a baby, started off worse than all of you, except for maybe Zach, but he was born in a manger. The reason I say that is because Zach was born in a bathroom. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it was a nice bathroom okay so if you don't know that story you got to ask miss paula it's hilarious but anyways so jesus was born in a manger that's a true story i'm not lying um so all of you except for maybe zach came into the world in a more comfortable uh setting and bed potentially <laughs> um so Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is born in a stable with animals and smelly animals because there was no room in the inn. And then the crazy thing is we normally think, like, because Christmas time, oh, baby Jesus, you know. We think about that, and then we skip to when Jesus was an adult. And, and we don't often think about what was Jesus like when he was six years old. Did Jesus go through the terrible twos? Probably not because he was perfect. But, like, what, what happened to Jesus when, when he was 13? This is, yeah, this is a funny question. Like, what happened to Jesus when he went through puberty? Like, like you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, crude or, or not have reverence toward Jesus. But Jesus lived this, like, in a very similar life to us. He grew up. He was 12 years old. He was 16, right? He had, he became a man. He, you know what I mean? Like the things that happen in our lives, we grow up and we go, Jesus probably had an awkward phase. You know what I mean? Jesus had zits and stuff. And like, I don't think he had braces because they weren't like invented yet. But like, so maybe, maybe that's one uh, struggle I had that Jesus never had. But um, I'm just kidding. So what was life like for Jesus as a human. Let's discuss this and then I'll tell you why it's important, okay? Um, let's start at the beginning. The first thing that happened, we just talked about it, baby Jesus, is this, this, this miracle called the virgin birth. Everybody say, the virgin birth. All right, if you know the story of Christmas, you know the story. But let's turn our Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 18. I'm doing the Matthew version because it's shorter. <laughs> the Luke version is really long. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Give me an uh-huh when you're there. Okay. Now, the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, she was engaged to Joseph. She was going to be married to Joseph. She married Joseph. Okay. Get it? Before they came together, she was found to be with child. She was prego. From the Holy Spirit. 
And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So Joseph, in, in, so in that time, if a woman would have become pregnant outside of the compounds of marriage, in today's society it's bad, but in that, in that day it was, it was an uh, offense punishable by death. Like, it was intense. Like, it's, that's a, it was a very, very bad thing to have happen. So Joseph, being a, a good and just and righteous man, decided that he was going to, because she was pregnant, not with his child, he's thinking all the worst things that, that we would think if we were witnessing this scenario. And he decides that he's going to divorce her quietly, like not really make a big deal out of it so that she can uh, live her life, um, not in a way that uh, ends with her dying, Okay. So Joseph was, was, was dope. He was cool. But he, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. The reason he's son of David is because Joseph is a direct um, descendant of David, which fulfills a prophecy of uh, the Messiah, Jesus, coming from the house of David. Okay? So Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, uh, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Okay. So this is this is important. Mary, a virgin, and we're going to be mature in this moment. But what this means is that there's no possible way for her to get pregnant. There's no possible way for her to be having a son. That's why it's a miracle. Mary was given the task of being the mother of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine, like, ladies in the room, can you imagine, like, God saying, like, hey, you are going to be mom to Jesus. You're like, what? No pressure. Like, so how, <laughs> I, would, I would have so many questions. Okay, so, like, like right now, we're, we're about to have, a son, his name will not be Jesus, it will be Vincent. But uh, I've already got questions in my head. How am I supposed to raise this kid? What happens if he pees all over the house on accident? What, what happens if there's a blowout and uh, we're in a restaurant that's gross? Does everybody leave? Like, you know, I'm just kidding, I don't know. Like, random, random questions. So imagine Mary, like, how do I raise God. How do I parent Jesus? Like, how, 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 do I, how do I parent a perfect person? Anyways, it's just very interesting to me. might not be interesting to you, but it is to me. So Jesus came into this world as a baby. That's the other thing that's, that's, that's incredible. Jesus, 
the word becoming flesh, he didn't come as, a, as like a grown man, like, all right, I'm here, I'm the Messiah, let's go. He came as a baby, uh, and there's a reason for this, and it's really good. I'm not going to tell you yet. We're going to get to it at the end. But he learned how to walk, and he learned how to talk, and, and uh, how to use the restroom in appropriate places, and uh, all the things that we would do as we grow up. Amen? Okay, moving on. So that's Jesus as a baby. Number two, we're going to talk about the teenage years. Everybody say the teenage years. So there's not a ton in the Bible. Sorry, my nose is bugging me. But um, <laughs> the teenage years. There's not a ton of scriptures about Jesus as a teenager, but here's, here's a few. So let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. Move a couple books to the right in your Bible. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. Say, "Uh uh-huh, when you're there. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. So, So Jesus, Joseph and Mary, so Jesus and his earthly parents, stepdad, mom, you know, whatever you want to call them, they're on a little road trip, okay? And they returned into Galilee uh, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So Jesus grew and became strong and filled with wisdom. Now, moving on, verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. So they went to this big family reunion type thing, this big party. It was fun, Okay. And when he was 12 years old, everybody say 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And they did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. So they had this big group that was leaving, and they're like, oh, Jesus is around somewhere. They travel an entire day, and the next day they, wait, they say, well, uh, I, don't, I don't know that Jesus is here. Like, we should probably look for him. Like, he, I don't know where he's at. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, <laughs> Have, you, have any of you ever been left, like, in a grocery store by your parents or left, like, somewhere where you're at the park by your parents? Jesus was left in another town for three days. So uh, Joseph and Mary are doing a phenomenal job with this guy. So <laughs> just kidding. Um, Danielle, maybe we should leave Vince somewhere for, like, three days just to build some character, like, you know, when he's 12. I'm Okay, anyways. Jesus did it. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Okay. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Blaming it on him. Jesus, you know. Why would you do that? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? 
bars. That, that, that's like a really, really powerful statement. Like, 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 like his parents are like, where have you been? He goes, don't you know I would be in my father's house? Meaning God's house. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. He's a good kid. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's a pretty interesting set of scripture right there. Jesus, this is Jesus as a 12-year-old. Jesus was wise, had immense understanding. He was independent, surviving for three days without his parents. (laughs) He had knowledge, and this was the most interesting thing to me. He had knowledge that God was his father. And I don't know if Mary and Joseph told him that. Like, hey, by the way, like, your, your, your real dad is God. <laughs> like, what, you know what I mean? Anyways, I don't, I don't know how that conversation went. But I thought it's interesting. Don't you know that I would be in my father's house is what he said. And he was obedient to his earthly parents. Jesus got left behind by his family for three days, just like us, when we got left behind in the grocery store. I wonder, I wonder what kind of stories, have you ever gone this, to this place? I, I've wondered, I always wonder what kind of stories Jesus has about his like, teenage years. Like, what kind of trouble did his friends want him to get into? <laughs> like, what kind of stuff were they like, hey, Jesus, would you like to, like, you know, throw a rock at that house over there? You know, <laughs> 10 points for hitting that old lady crossing the street, right? I, like, I don't, I don't know what, like, what, how is Jesus' teenage years? What did he, how did he live? Now, he, now, here's the whole point. Here's my main point, and the whole reason I wanted to talk about all this today. You're like, all right, Brett, we're just learning about Jesus as a baby and Jesus as a teenager. Big whoop. But one of the reasons, and, and, the, and the one reason I want to talk about tonight, and we'll talk about other reasons later, but the one reason tonight that I want to talk about that Jesus being human is so important is that Jesus sees you. He sees you. And what I mean by this is, is that Jesus knows what you're going through. R- raise your hand, and we're getting a little bit serious, but it's okay. Raise your hand in here tonight if you've ever felt like no one sees you. Like no one understands you. No one knows the real you. And you're walking around like trying to put on a good face, trying to put on what people expect you to be, trying to put on all these different things. And, and I, I, but I just want to tell you that there, even if nobody else does, there's one person who sees you. And he knows you. And he knows who you are becoming and what your purpose is and what your calling is and what your destiny is. And, and I know that, like, Danielle and I try really hard to know you all and to see all of you and to, and to try and, like, help. But even there's some things that I don't understand. There, there's some things about each and every one of you that, that Danielle and I can't pinpoint. But there, there are, there's nothing that Jesus doesn't know about you. And so if you're feeling that way tonight, that I just don't feel like I'm seen by anybody, you're, you're seen by the only person who really matters. 
Jesus knows what you're going through, and that's why he did it. That's why he came as a human, as a baby, in the most humble form, to go through what you go through, to be tempted by what you were tempted by. But the difference between us and Jesus is that he knows how to overcome all of that temptation and sin. And so when I'm struggling through life, what better way to get it all figured out than to go to Jesus, the person who had it all figured out. Amen? Like, you've ever gone to, you ever, have, you, has, have any of you ever gone to somebody who you think has it all figured out, and you're like, can you please give me some advice on how to, has anybody ever gone to somebody for advice? Raise your hand if you have. I think we all have at some point. And so, but, but the interesting thing about us is because we can't see Jesus, we don't go to Jesus for things that he knows. Jesus knows better than anybody else how to go through what you're going through. And so it's okay to seek wise counsel and to go and to uh, talk to other people because God can speak through other people. But I don't want us to ever forsake going to Jesus with the things that we're really struggling with. Amen? Jesus wants to know you and to be known by you. And not just like know you like, like I know of Leonardo DiCaprio. I, I, I can go on Wikipedia and find out how tall he is and how much he weighs and where he lives. And, like, it's kind of creepy, but I can. And, but Jesus doesn't want to know about you. He wants to know you. And, and I don't want you to just know about Jesus. I want you to know him. Amen? The, and the reason that Jesus being human is so important is that every other God out there and every other religion wants you to, to climb this ladder of, of success and of, of, per, of perfection and climb this ladder so that you can get to them to serve them at every need they might possibly have. That's how every other religion works. So you got to climb this ladder and you got to reach what, and, and please these Different gods. It's like Viking culture. You would do all these certain things. Am I pleasing the gods? Right? So you're, you're climbing this ladder to get to favor with the gods. And here's the difference between Jesus and every other thing that you could possibly worship. Every other thing that you could possibly worship is begging you to serve it. And Jesus comes to earth and begs to serve you. That's the difference. Is that, is that, is that every other thing is asking us to go to it and serve it unquestionably. And, and what Jesus does is he comes to you and serves you with everything that he has. And in doing so, earns our trust and our love and so that we serve him as well. Jesus wants a personal relationship with you and, and he died for you. Jesus came down to earth to serve you. The reason why Jesus is the only way, the only choice, the safest choice, the best decision you could ever make is because he actually cares about you. Jesus actually cares about each and every one of you. He did it. He made it through his life. He knows your struggles. He's waiting for you to ask him for help. Trust him. Lean on him, and here's the most important part. Everybody listen up real quick. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm done. I'm closing it up. Here we go. Check this out. Get yourself to a position where you can be loved by God. 
and you're like, well, doesn't that just happen? Like, doesn't he love me? No, no, no. Have you ever, like, not allowed somebody to love you? Have you thought about that? Like, like I will not accept your love. Some of us feel, and I'm going to get really real right now. Some of us feel that we're not worthy of anybody's love, especially God's. And I'm not going to make you raise your hand on that. <laughs> but some, some of you in this room, and I, and I know it, because I, I, in, in moments I, I sense it, that you don't feel like you're worthy of being loved like you should be loved. Because you think that you're different, or that you don't fit in with everybody else, or that, or that you don't think you have a purpose in life, you don't think you have a calling in life, and I want to tell you that you do have a purpose, and you do have a calling, and you are more than worthy to be loved, especially by Jesus. So what I want you to do this week, I want you to get to a place in your heart where you will let Jesus in. Just let him in. Let him love you because that's all he really wants to do. Amen? And so if everyone would just close their eyes real quick, close their eyes, bow your heads. I do now want to pray for those people that I just talked about. And so no, please nobody looking around. I don't want to put anybody on the spot. It's just me and you and God in this moment. If you are that person that you feel you are not worthy of love, would you just raise your hand for me? Okay, you can put it down. Jesus, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would touch these students' hearts, God, that you would make them feel worthy of your love, that they don't have to do anything to earn your love, and so that they, they can never do anything to get rid of your love. They can never do anything so bad that you wouldn't love them unconditionally. And so, God, I just pray that you would overwhelm these students with your peace and your love and your joy and the things that, God, you want them to be overwhelmed with and not the things that are overwhelming in the world and the things that is going around uh, them, God, in their daily lives. I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, build confidence in these students, God, that you would build a boldness, God, that you would, you would just let them know that they are worthy of, of your love and worthy of other people's love too. So God, help us to have the boldness to reach out, to talk to somebody, to, to, to let ourselves be loved by you, Jesus. So Lord, love us like nobody else can and so that we can learn how you love so that we can love others just like you do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.